You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. I did not wreck the car. All right, Jesse Gray. Good evening. Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, guys? And special guest, Malik Ray. Hey, how you guys doing in it? Hey, welcome. Our uh, special guest segment is brought to, you, brought to you by SimLab Racing Simulator Products. SimLab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check out sim-lab.eu or search SimLab on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, David, you got a shipment coming uh, pretty soon. Um, they said they sent me an email saying either Friday or Monday that it'll ship out of Europe. Cool. That'll be cool. Well, let's jump into Malik uh, and learn about you. Thanks for coming on the show. We've been trying to get all the peak drivers on, and of course, we want to get you on as well. Uh, let's first learn a bit about you. When did you first learn about iRacing and first hear about it, and uh, how'd you get involved? Um, I want to say I saw it on a um. I want to say a YouTube video. They were like racing at um at Talladega. It was like a peak race. Like um, it, it was back before it was called peak. And I saw like some people that were in there, like Derek Wood. And I saw Dale Jr. and Thomas Lewandowski and like names like that. And I thought the game was pretty neat. And then I think I got it. I want to say early 2011. And I've been on it ever since. Okay. Very good. Now, sorry I butchered your name. It's Malik Ray, is that right? Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> I want to make sure to get that right. Tell us about what kind of setup do you have hardware-wise? Wheels, pedals, do you use monitors or VR? Um, okay, uh, my pedals, or my pedals, those are currently G27s. I just got those from SimSeats, and I got to like the, the um, pretty much in, in, how do I put this? An entire rig like I have three screens and everything um, uh, I have a computer and I have a sim seat and everything's mounted um, my pedals are inverted uh, upside down because that's what I asked for from sim seats um, I have a drive force GT wheel and my monitors are 27 inches and they're curved and uh, that's uh, that's about it what were you on before you went to triples um, b- before I went to triples, I was on a TV. Um, I was on a 50-inch TV, and that's about it. Some people yeah. say it has input lag and stuff, but like I've I've never really been able to tell. So, right. And uh, how do you like in the triples? Is that a, a, an advantage or? Um, I'm still trying to get I'm I'm I'm, I'm still trying to get like um, accustomed to it because like it, it um it's like when I'm coming up off the corner. It's 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 weird being able to see the wall that close. So like I'm kind of like you know like I'm not driving the cars as hard because I'm not trying to hit the wall because I'm not used to being able to see it get that much closer to me. But um, it's nice. It, it's real nice, especially in NIS because of this um, brand new package we have. Everything's a lot more closer. Like the racing overall. So it's nice to be able to see like what the car on my outside's doing and what the car on my inside is doing while I'm not having to you know like look left and look right so you mentioned sim seat so let's talk about them they, i mean they hooked you up with this year i saw some of your uh, twitter's uh pictures 
Uh, tell us about that. I mean, with Richmond Raceway and all that, uh, tell us how SimSeeds got involved in what, and uh, what a absolute uh, awesome cockpit that is. Um, how do I put this? SimSeeds, uh, they're a sponsor now, and they've been able to help out me and Jimmy, and they gave me the three monitors. They gave me the pedals, pretty much like everything, everything that I'm like currently um uh, that I use to play iRacing, except for my um my my wheel. They hooked me up with all of that, and it's just been really nice to have them on board because they're they're going the extra step to make sure that that I'm as fast as possible, and they're trying to make sure that I have the best the best of like all of the um equipment and stuff. It's really nice by them. I appreciate it a lot. Same with Richmond too. They're they're doing the same thing. And Sunoco, all all three of them have really like went the extra mile to make sure that I have everything that I need to be fast and competitive and beat. Yeah, it's been pretty cool this year how uh, the sponsors and the team thing has come in, and a lot of the drivers have gotten new equipment out of the deal, and so I'm glad to see that you, they hooked you up as well. Uh, tell us what else you're running besides the Peak Series. Uh, do you do leagues or official or hosted? Anything else besides just practice or? Uh. I do the podium series, the esports series, like the trucks, um, which run they run every Sunday at 9 p.m. Um, e Eastern, and I've been racing. How do I put? Pretty much as far as as official goes, I'll do anything that's on oval. I'll do a fixed. I'll do b fixed. I'll do c fixed. I do any. I do anything that's um in the in, in the top three cars, and I run nis. I run pretty much everything as far as the top three cars are concerned. All right, very good. Um, what is your preferred car number and how and why? Um, my preferred car number is always the number, I want to say number one, just because anytime like, I'm playing basketball, like um, that was the number I had all throughout when I was in high school and when I was in elementary school. That's just the number that I've always played with, so that's just the number that I try to use for everything. I know I can't use that number in peak because of like how I was um, I was drafting and whatnot. But as far as like my overall number, like if I had a choice between that and anything else, it would just be. Yep, I was just looking at your profile and your winning percentage overall, career wins uh, oval twenty eight percent, but in the last uh, this year thirty three percent, last year oval twenty nine percent, and twenty seventeen thirty eight percent was your winning percentage. So. Uh, you're getting it done out there, that's for sure. Yeah, um, each race I go into, I always think I have a chance that I can win. Um, I just feel like that just with how I drive and how um, aggressive I am in the in the um, last couple laps, that it's been, it works out for me pretty well so far over the course of the years that I've been on the game. So I just try to, um, you know, just try and do the same thing. And if it doesn't work, then I try and learn from it in the next race. And hopefully I'll get a different outcome. Okay, very good. Uh, so far in iRacing, what has been your most memorable moment? Um, I want to say it was it was last year when I won the 500. No, it was this year. It was um, er earlier this year. Er earlier this year, I had done like pretty much everything else on the game that I had really um, that I that you know like that. How do I put this? That I had been trying to do. But the only thing that I had never done that like I, um that I've always like wanted to do was win a top split Daytona 500, and I did that earlier this year, and it, it was like I was like screaming like it was like one of the best things I've ever done on the game. It's like by far like the most like the by, 
how do I put this? I've never been like so excited about something over like you know like um in the game. It was pretty nice. Well, the Daytona 500. I mean, so t tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, you're a peak driver and you're running in peak, but tell me about NIS a little bit, the NASCAR iRacing series. You you say you do run that. Uh, why is that a, a good series to run? Uh, what makes that prestigious, and is it events like the Daytona 500 and the Coke 600 and stuff like that? Um, uh, as far as it being like the best series to run outside of peak, I I just think because like I just think because uh, there's so many of us that are from peak, then we'll show up and like um like we'll show up and we'll, we'll be in NIS, and it just makes the races like um just like how do I put this a lot more fun. And more competition because you have like the best of the best are like um they show up in nis every week i mean you have like michael guest you have colin keister you have casey kerwin i mean like those are like so some of the top names on oval on this game. so like um if you're able to run nis and you can beat them and it's pretty it's pretty nice if you can plus the um also uh, how do i put this one more thing that makes it neat this nis I think it's only like three times a week, and so like you know, like you you only get three chances to try and win, and so like it's not like it's like every hour versus Apex or something like you know, like you only get three chances, so it makes it a lot more, you know, like if you win, it means a lot more. Yep. Yeah, you hit all the nails on the head there for sure. Uh, but top split Daytona 500, man, that's getting it done. Uh, good job. Uh, tell us next about the new arrow. Let's talk about Peak a little bit specifically, but uh, the new Aero package this year, um, how has it affected you? Is it affected you from your previous runs and in, in the previous year? But or and and what track are you looking forward to coming up if, that might help you uh, in the points? And and uh, we'll talk about the points in a minute. Um, the new Aero package in Peak has been. It's uh, I don't know how to put this. Uh, I'm excited that it's in play, but it's really frustrating to race on because, like, it's very hard to make passes and the draft. Like, you're not really like, um, you're not really having to 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 race the people around you. Like, you're kind of just trying to, you know, just position yourself just so that way you're not trapped on the bottom during the first handful laps of the run. Because if you are, it gets it just gets extremely tight down there. And it just makes it really hard to pass because everyone gets a big run up top because of the draft. And then with with everyone up top just staying lined up, it's like really hard to make up any ground in the corners because you don't really have that big the big exit. You have to kind of keep your car pinched down, and it causes you to lose speed on the straights. Yeah. And the draft, you so you say everyone gets in the line and mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah, I felt that at Pocono for sure, and we saw it with the NASCAR race at Pocono. Uh, what about what's your favorite track coming up that you might have a, a good run at? Um, my favorite, tra um, pretty much anything on a um, the mile or like a the mile and a half. Like I'm currently um, I'm looking at it right now. I see Kentucky, I see Pocono, Michigan, I see Darlington, and I see um, what is that? And I see Homestead. I look forward to all those tracks because they look like. They look. I just like those tracks a lot. Like I do. I do pretty good at those tracks because for some reason, I don't know, man. It's just like it's just tracks that require a bunch of braking. I'm not that good at for some reason, but so like I ha I haven't been able to figure out why. 
So like anytime anytime anywhere goes there, like let's say peak or a fix, like I'm not really that um that fast there, but you know, I still look like I look I look um I try to like be positive about every race because I don't want to have like anything bad happen because like, you know, of my my um my mindset. So I just try to keep it positive about all races, but yeah, most definitely I'd say out of all those tracks, Homestead is my favorite out of all of those tracks I just named. Yeah, and this new package, uh, you don't have to use the brakes at uh, tracks where you used to have to use the brakes, like uh, Michigan, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, it does make a difference there. So let's talk about points. Uh, I was looking at the points at enascar.com. They have a great website there where they uh, uh, document what you guys are doing. Uh, but you're sitting there in uh, 17th, and... You know, I was trying to think about okay, so what what are you what is Mr. Ray uh, you know racing for here, running seventeenth? We're trying to get to the fifteenth spot, you know, top fifteen or something like that, or probably trying to stay top twenty, right? Because the top twenty uh, advance next year is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, okay, the goal before Charlotte was was Chase because I think I was sitting twelfth in points before Charlotte, but after Charlotte, I, um, I got wrecked out early so i dropped all the way to 18th so right now the goal for me is to just stay in the top 20 that'd be really nice because i'm not trying to have to be you know in the pro series in november trying to you know having to go over the same process again if i can stay in the top 20 in like in this this year that'd be that'd be really nice for me absolutely and uh and it's so tight in the points too i mean just between uh 17th to 20th is only for uh, points and you're actually tied with Casey Kerwin uh, with 174 points and I'm, I'm looking outside the top 20 and there's Ray Alfala in 21st I mean so tell me are you worried who are we worried about that's going to come up here and take one of these spots and push you down possibly uh, people like Ray I mean as you look down the order what other people might uh, upset this uh, I see Ray I see I see Chris Shearburn. He's been fast all season. Um, I want to say Cody Bias, if he can get some good runs. Ashton. And um, I have a couple of teammates behind me. And it, really, it's just those those like, those like five or six people. But I believe that like um, if I just go into each race and I just run my race how I'm supposed to and I don't get involved in anything, that I should be able to stay in the top 20 at the end yeah. of the season. Yeah, you got track position, so to speak. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's keep it. I, I'll be pulling for you. Let's talk about the draft, and let's talk about Richmond Raceway. I mean, how cool is it that it was Richmond Raceway? Because they were like the pioneers in this whole thing, because they started it before everybody else, right? And yeah. uh, and tell us about how you felt when that draft happened, and you got involved with that. Um, I was in the middle of class taking an exam, and I actually like I turned in my exam early and I just walked out of the class and I started yelling because it like it's like I, um, I wasn't expecting to be drafted so like when I was and I wasn't expecting to be drafted by them so I thought that it was really neat when I was drafted because um, I checked the I believe it was the power rankings and it said I was at like 37 like out of all the people that were in peak and there was like 40 people at the time so of course like you're not gonna think that you know like you know that I'm gonna get drafted because I'm so far low in the um the power rankings. But when I got drafted, it was it was pretty pretty it was pretty up there. Like as far as like the top ten things that have happened to me like on the game, I thought that was really neat. 
All right, very good. And uh, who is your contact over there that's kind of running the show? Do you have uh, regular contact with them? Uh, how does that work? Um, yeah, pretty much like, um, how do I put this? Like we have one guy that's over like everything. And then we have like a PR guy that's named Brandon Brown. And like, um, I can text anyone from over there, like at any time. Like, I don't have to like email them or anything. Like I'll like, um, I, um, I have their personal like numbers and I can just text them at any point and I can just ask them a question and they'll give me like an answer and everything. And it's just like, they've just went like the extreme like extra mile to like make sure that that um i have everything that i need and they're having me out at races like at um like at um at daytona this year that was my that first was ever cool. nascar race yeah like i had never been to an actual um you know like uh, um a race before and they had me out there and then they had me at the richmond race that was like a month and a half ago no two months ago and they had me there and sunoco just most recently, they just had me in a Coca-Cola 600, which I think is just like, like, it's really cool because prior to this year, like, um, prior to this year, I had never been to a, a single, a single, um, you know, NASCAR race. And now it's just like the fact that this year I've already been to three of them already. And that's not even like, um, I, I want to say they're going to have me, they're going to have me at at two more this year um that are planned so so yeah it's that is so really cool neat. what yeah. a perk i mean the, and then what kind of seat do you have for the race i mean where are you sitting um pretty much anywhere that that like that i want to for the most part like for the richmond race they had us in a suite and they like fed us like seafood and, and it was like unlimited and like we had like um we had drink like everything was free and they had an irising sim up in the suite, which was pretty neat too. Like, and the seats we had, um, the, like we could hear the, we could still hear the cars and everything, but it wasn't near as loud. So like, I could talk to my friend that was right next to me and stuff. And it was just like they've they've never, I've never seen like um like anyone else like take you know as good as care as they've done for me and Jimmy so far this season with them. And Sunoco and Sim Seats, like all of those three, they've they really went the extra mile, which I appreciated a lot. Yeah, we had Jimmy on the show before, and he told us about some of that. And it sounds like they took good care of you. I mean, uh, to be able to sit in a suite to watch a NASCAR race is pretty awesome. Uh, tell us about uh, the team behind the scenes. So what you know, the, your teammates, your crew chief, spotter, uh, who uh, is helping you get to through these races? Um. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, my official team is Dead Zone Racing, and it consists of about I want to say I want to say like hmm, eight or nine peak drivers. And my crew chief is Colin Keister. Like he kind of like um like he he does like the um the adjustments and stuff. And the people that make the um the how do I put this? I want to say the the people that make the actual sets. Their names are Dustin Lingard and Houston Hammer. They're the ones that are like that are like constantly testing all the time, trying to make sure that we're fast each and every week, and it's been paying off the last couple of weeks. Like I've I've had good runs. It's just I've just like in all of my races I've always had damage. So like you can never see how fast like the car actually is because I always has I always have damage from like lap ten. But um, yeah, those yeah, are the guys that luck. constantly are helping me each and every week.
without them i wouldn't be i wouldn't be in the uh in in peak at all period yeah we've had a lot of drivers on the show talk about colin and uh houston and uh they they do do uh, great jobs as crew chief uh you know getting the sets mm-hmm. um all right and then Tell us about, you know, where can people follow you on social media? I mean, I had a good time following you on Twitter, watching you at the racetrack, uh, sending pictures and stuff. Uh, are you on Twitch uh, or anything like that? Um, yes, um, I am on Twitch, and you can follow me on Twitch. I think my name's like Campaign Ray, and, it, um, yeah, you, you can follow me on there. I stream about maybe, like, I want to say, say once or twice a week, and I stream my peak races. So like um if you ever like if you ever want to see like if you ever want to hear like what's going on with my car if you want to hear me complain about like other people driving and stuff like that you can always go to my like uh, my channel and I'll be live and you can hear everything that's that's everything said everything that's being said by everyone. All right, very good. Well, we're certainly happy to have you on the show, uh, Malik Ray, and uh, thanks for coming on and telling us about your iRacing career and. Can you know? Good luck, uh, you know, going for the top fifteen and keeping it in the top twenty. Uh, you got mom, you, you got some good track position there with seventeenth. So I hope you can ke- uh, keep it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it a lot. All right, yeah, we like to watch you out there. All right, next up, let's talk about iRacers Lounge podcast does sponsor the Sunday Night Xfinity Series with the Sim Racing Authority, and uh, they. Went, came back to Auto Club Speedway, California, and uh, Ben Nelson wins the race. Uh, and now they're they're in the playoffs, and the top six will advance to the championship race, which I think is going to be Bristol. And so it's coming down to the end. Uh, congratulations to everybody who uh, advances. Let's get into topics. Uh, season three build. Well, we got it. It is week 13, guys. Uh, big topic, I think, of the build has been the trucks. Um, we've been anticipating this. Um, we got the Wild West and Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park Pro 2 and Pro 4 truck. I bought these uh, last night, ran the Pro 2, uh, and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Um, decided to try the Pro 4, and I was like, whoa, this is way better. And uh, Pro 4, it feels like it's got more power. It's got a, a clutch that actually works. It's got more gears. And I was real happy in the Pro 4. And I probably will never touch the Pro 2 ever again. But what do you guys think of the trucks? <laughs> okay, nobody else. They're a blast to drive. Uh, it's a little bit to get used to to begin with. Uh, but I do agree with you, Mike. The Pro, v, the Pro 4 truck uh, is what I seem to have uh, migrated to when I was out racing with them with the boys the other night. Well, and I was slow, and I felt slow, and I had trouble turning. It wasn't going down the straight. It was when it came to a turn, I couldn't get the damn thing to turn. I realized after the race I wasn't using a handbrake at all, and I need to get a button set up for that, and maybe it'll help. Yeah, the the Pro 2 felt good when the track was real fresh, but as soon as it started to slick off at all, it was just no fun to drive. I think you do definitely need a handbrake to that thing to rotate and then it only has i think three gears versus the six on the pro four so it just feels a little little funny coming off of corners not as much fun as that pro four that thing is a blast yeah and it's like a three gear with automatic clutch like my clutch was ineffective even though i have it mapped and everything so when when they run in the um 
multi-class are they competing against each other or separate classes separate classes uh you know in the relative it's you know yellow and the other ones are blue but uh and the pro fours are faster it's clear that they're going to be the overall winner um but it was fun uh are the pro fours the yellow uh yes okay that that's always the fastest class so i'm going to keep running this this week Uh, i thought it was fun uh will tell us what's next yeah, so this week we got some upgraded cars and tracks. Um, they updated the Whelan and SK Modified, the Gander Outdoor Chevy Silverado. We got an update to the uh, Cup Series Ford Mustang. So those were all the cars we got. And then they um, did a complete overhaul of Silverstone. And we got nighttime lighting at Chicagoland, Darlington, and Homestead. Um, I haven't really got a chance to pick any of those out, but are there any of those you guys looking forward to for NIS? I think... Uh, um, I would say Homestead's probably the one I'm looking forward to most, that day-to-night transition. Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked at them. I've seen screenshots in the forums and, uh, of, you know, sunset and lights coming on and that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I think Homestead, night race, that'll be cool. I think Chicagoland's going to act a lot like Kansas under the lights, which should be real interesting. Well, remember this NASCAR package behaves better at, on night races than it does on day races. All right, uh which one, you know, uh, I haven't run the SK Modified yet. I need to do that uh, as well. I uh, I ran the Modified a, a little bit. I think they were testing at um, South Boston, and it is a ton of fun to drive. It just, I always have a hard time judging where my front end is on that car. It's, uh, it's wider than it looked in the, in the cockpit, So, but it is a ton of fun to drive, and it looks great. The new Fords do look nice out on the cup tracks. Um, I'm not in one myself, but a lot of people have already got deliveries ready. And it, it's nice seeing the Ford, the Mustang out there with the Camaro. All right. There was also a truck update by uh, Eric Hudak from the staff but, uh, for the Craftsman trucks he's talking about, or the NASCAR ones. Uh, any, only appreciable change was a new torquier engine with lower revs and requisite final drive gears, and there's all new iRacing setups as well for the trucks. There was also some complaints about, uh, oh, how come I got to buy the Ford Fusion? Well, they kind of did that a little different. They gave a credit back to your account if you already had a Ford, and then you're expected to buy the new Ford. And so that they're doing that a little differently. And it works out for you well if you have the built-in discount already. Right, because they're giving you back full price, right? Yes. And then you get to buy it on a discount, uh, and so you're paying a lesser price. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, what about Silverstone? Did you guys look at anything about that? Uh, they put up a video about it. I did watch it. Eh, you know, I've never really seen a race at Silverstone, I think, so I'm not really sure what I'm looking at, but it looks like any other F1 track. It's definitely uh, the road guys, especially Formula guys, are very excited about it. I've I've run at the old Silverstone. I uh, don't know it's um, it's not as a track as I'm as familiar with as some of the other tracks yet. But I will be buying it when it comes out. There is an interesting post that there's that you can apparently pit and gain four seconds and win. Uh, so hopefully they'll be addressing that, or may, they may have already. I didn't go. To, I didn't follow the follow up on the post. Okay, and then uh, David, what else did they do in the release? 
Well, we've also received a long list of quality of life uh, improvements, which include the green-white checkered finishes. Spotter calls and, tra uh, and translations have been altered, changed, and they've already got a couple of the new spotter packs out for that as well. The Flagman is fully animated, though he kind of looks a little robotic still. Uh, we have driving camera adjustments, rendering improvements for the headlights, lighting shadows, and motion blurs and effects. Um, along, there's a long list of upgrades to the beta UI. I haven't tried the beta UI, UI out yet myself, but I am happy that it no longer runs inside the Rift. And you can see all of the release notes in the iRacing forums, which we've added a link to here on the show notes. All right, let's talk about beta UI next, uh, Greg. Uh, they have a special way to update it, or a certain way. Yeah, so uh, was Alex Gustafson posted... Uh, uh, on June 1st, a list of steps to take um, in updating the beta UI. Um, the member site should be uh, used when downloading the update uh, first. Um, so you want to install that uh, after the Season 3 build here, or download and install the Season 3 build. And then um, it'll ask to create a, a shortcut on your desktop. And uh, so create the shortcut and then launch the beta UI. Um, it, it seems like uh, it's, is, is that a change from, I'm trying to figure out why this is. Uh, I'm because, not... because you can download it from the beta UI, and if you do that, it doesn't work. You have to okay. download it from the website, okay? And you have to let it create new shortcuts. And if you have any other save shortcuts you made on your own, those are no good. Okay, because I, I don't know that because of, I've, I don't ever use going through the beta UI as a download, so that's why I was wondering what it was implying by all that. It looks like it runs as its own executable. So before, when you launched the beta UI, it was basically starting iRacing, which is why it would kick in all your, basically all that work on your computer. But now it looks like the beta UI is its own program, which is why it's no longer in VR. And then when you launch the sim from there, it then opens the iRacing Right, it's a separate app now, and uh, I did run it. It uh, did not kick my fans on on the graphics card, which was nice. Uh, my computer wasn't taxed from it running. It was fairly responsive as I clicked around, uh, except for when I clicked on stats, nothing would load. Um, but I was still disappointed, and I was I was trying to keep an open mind about it. I was disappointed by just some of the design uh like for example if you're like wow it's 9 30 what is going on right now at 9 30 that i can race there's really no way to look that up on the beta ui they don't have a time of day this is what's going on like schedule that you can look across series and see what's going on you have to click into a series just to see what time it is and so there's a lot of clicking going around if you want to just like uh, peruse and see what to race and so right off the bat i don't like it because of that yeah, I think they finally made it usable as far as performance standpoint goes. But that was the same yep. issue I had with the beta UI in the past is that what member site you could easily see, hey, 930 this race starts, 945 this race starts, and the beta UI, you have to really it's great if you know exactly what series you're running and when they're running, but from like a casual I want to hop on and race standpoint. It's still no good in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was just saying. And uh, if you, yeah, if you know what you want to run, sure, you, you know, drill into it. Boom, boom, boom. You're in. Okay. But uh, if you don't know what you want to run, good luck. You know. All right. Um, but it is, you know, 
the the architecture thing they they changed where it's a separate app and it that's great and you know it's no longer in VR that's great and so they made a huge huge step forward I do want to be positive about that but they still have some design problems they need to at least replicate what they have in the website every little thing in the website like the time scheduler that I just spoke about that has to be replicated or or the, nobody's going to use it all right so next up Hotfix number one has already happened. It was earlier today. Um, there was a long list of bugs they wanted to get out uh, of the way this week. Um, some of those, uh, we had the Chevrolet Ford. <laughs> um, and, and, and some of these topics I'm going to bring up are stuff that I call aftermath of the build. And um, uh, one guy who's been running the new trucks, the dirt trucks, he with his VR... Uh, hey, I'm getting sick to my stomach, and I feel like I'm going to throw up. And uh, there were a few people like that, and they gave him some uh, ideas on how to fix it. And there was also, it looks like, some bugs with like the rally cross grip levels. All that's been resolved. Looks like you could go full speed, bounce off the wall, and keep going faster every time. So that's already been taken care of before the qualifiers this upcoming season. Yep. Uh, they have a new motion blur. There were a few, some issues with that. Um, some issues with paint templates uh, not being uh, there. I think the uh, NASCAR trucks uh, were missing, uh, and they, they put those back out. Uh, little things like that. Hey, David, I think you were talking about Silverstone. They were at gaining uh, time to four seconds. I think this one's fixed in the patch, too. It looks like they slowed the pit speed down. Okay, we don't have that listed. I guess you look through the specific notes. Yep. Uh, and then one guy uh, put up a video on YouTube of uh, a dirt truck wreck he was involved in where it kind of launched him out of the uh, track, so to speak, uh, kind of like a, one of those launcher bugs. And it uh, looks like people are starting to find those kind of things. I got hit uh, by a guy, and it launched me straight up in the air. Uh, but what was interesting about this guy's video is it launched him backwards from the direction he was going. We did. We were in a hosted race, and Mason had an accident and then towed into a fast repair. And it, he's got a video posted of it where the, the pit crew was walking through the ground. And then when he pulled out, his left tire was on top of his hood. He could no longer drive. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. It was uh, up to his waist in the pavement, right? The tire mm -hmm. changer. Um, there was another guy on the Facebook group today who posted where his pit crew was up in the air about two or three feet, and he said they were trying to change the tire up on the hood of the car. It's like it's, it's, like it's lost the zero point of where they're supposed to start from type thing in the code. So I don't know if they fixed that particular thing with the... Uh, uh, pit crew i haven't seen that been reported but mason saw it and i saw another guy who had it as well okay uh next up jesse iRacing credit update yeah you kind of went into it a little bit but uh with the silverstone and ford fusion if you've bought them in the last two years they are refunding you full and if you are getting the 40 item or more club or if you're doing three or six items and getting the discount then like david had mentioned you're uh Getting a little bit of some credits back even for the uh, full refund versus what you're going to pay for it. So that's pretty cool on their end. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was Silverstone as well. 
All right. Uh... So that, if you're just thinking about it, like obviously guys like us, that some of us that have most of the content, iRacing is losing money then on, well, credit on it, I guess, instead of just giving that car like they were doing before after the two-year mark where they would have saved themselves some credit. Right, because of the discount thing, right? And it, yeah, it is still based on the on the two uh, year credit, but yeah, you get there. It's three dollars a per. What does it come out to? About two or three dollars a person if you're already in the discount zone. I'm just thinking that like, isn't the what's the discount go up to if you have if you're buying all the stuff though? Like forty percent. Is forty percent the max? No, no, it's like fifteen percent once you after you've bought forty items. Oh, it's 40 items. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, let's talk trucks. Will, dirt trucks. Yeah, so we discussed a little bit ago that we got the 2 and Pro 4 trucks that came out this week. I mean, everyone seems to really be enjoying them on Twitter, but uh, Noah Gregson really, he really went in this week. He uh, he tweeted early in the week that he was up 32 hours straight. He didn't plan to be getting any sleep, it looked like, because he was racing some of the Pro trucks. Um iRacing even tweeted that he, someone should check on him. Um, Noah eventually tweeted that he made over 829 laps at Wild Horse and uh, basically ran a Baja 1000. Um, he uploaded a, a fun video of him running a UMP modified at Wild Horse as well. And he uh, full sent that thing off the jump. So that suspension's ruined on that car. But looks like people are having a lot of fun. Even the pace truck is getting some big air here on these tracks. I don't know if you guys saw that at all. Yeah, iRacing put up a Twitter picture of the pace truck jumping at the track, and they had some... I mean, it's like six feet off the ground. Yeah, I saw somebody posted a video of it on Reddit. They said uh, the pace truck's giving it full beans. Uh, yeah, no, it's hilarious looking. Now, the Noah Gragson thing, he put a video up after his 36-hour straight stint of him going around the track, and boy, he can turn that thing. And in it... The way that he's turning it, I need to learn from this video, but he's literally getting that truck turned around before he even gets to the corner, if that he's, makes sense. He's <laughs> timed it perfectly as he's going around the corner. Like it, That one, he lands and it spins backwards, and it's the tires grab at the right possible moment to go to the inside of that track. Right, so he can stay on the inside lane and everything. And Oh, yeah, he's got it. Obviously, he's practiced a lot. He's got the line figured out. Well, 800, what is it, 800 and something old laps? But, man, why would you, he was practicing by himself. Why wouldn't he go in and race with some people? That would have kept you more pumped. Imagine if he was in with other people. He would have won all those races for sure because he's quick, obviously. Uh, so another update was uh, the schedule. Some people were up in arms because it had all the rally cross, rally cross tracks listed for the pro trucks. Um, it was just a placeholder. They couldn't update it because until the tracks were actually released, and then they update the PDFs because they pull the data from the system, and if it's not in the system yet, then they can't put it on the schedule proper, but people don't seem to get it, and yeah. All right, next up, let's talk about the 24-hour of Le Mans. Uh, what about feedback? Uh, we didn't really hear anything negative. Did you guys hear of uh, people having any kind of issue at all? <laughs> Other than us? Well, with the service. Um, no. The servers ran clean. Uh, there was no blinking, no lagging when it started. 
Yeah, the even the ping rates and everything were all uh, um, smooth to start everything. Like the signals and pings were, nobody was having issues with the blinking or anything. He's right. Like it was probably the quietest big event that's gone on this year. Oh, would would you not think? I was gonna say. Well, even in several years, maybe. Yeah, any yeah, endurance like, event I can remember has had some kind of problems all the way going back to like I think spring two years ago. So this is like the best well received twenty four hour event in a long time. If I'm you remember Go, go ahead, ahead, David. All right. Uh if you remember Daytona, they actually had to start another session because so many people had trouble with the blinking. That's what I was gonna say, David, because they usually have to do that once they have to do that at least once every big endurance events. So it's nice to see that it actually went off without a problem. Yeah, there's a forum thread uh, about that. Congratu congratulations, iRacing. The Le Mans uh, 24 was great. So uh, a lot of people agreed with what you guys just said. Uh, Lando Norris also put up a video, or iRacing put up a video of Lando Norris being interviewed uh, during the uh, Porsche World Cup race. Uh, and him talking about iRacing and whatnot, uh, about the 24 hours of Le Mans, uh, and uh, that kind of thing. We also had uh, Craig Anderson, an NHL player, and he a goalie, Craig. He was uh, he ran the 24-hour Le Mans. Yeah, he's a goalie for uh, the Ottawa Senators, so the nation's capital for Canada. What kind of cockpit did he got there? Play seat, maybe. Uh... I wonder if he wears a hockey. I wonder if he puts a hockey helmet on while he races. I don't even know that base. Kind of like it's it's not a it's a stationary cockpit. He's got VR, but he also has some nice monitor. Looks like an Oboto, their base model, same rig I got. Yeah, Oboto Ozone. I was gonna say Bobby right now would be spinning his head here, looking at his wire management. Yeah, he's got spaghetti <laughs> wires, and uh, but pretty cool. All right, you don't, uh, you, Bobby would freak out if he came near my place. <laughs> you have cable everywhere. You got to get a solid yeah. base first. Yeah, that too. Wait till you get your nice cockpit, then you'll want to clean it all up. All right, best Doug. thing you can do. Greg, let's talk easy driver height adjustment. Okay, so this we won't spend much time on this, but I guess iRacing has changed the controls to do a quick uh, height adjustment for the driver in the cockpit. So it's Control L. Well, it's or, sorry, control, brackets. Sorry, sorry, the brackets. Sorry, that's Control brackets. Um, so it's the it's the box brackets, not the the round brackets. I don't know what the different names are for those brackets, but uh, to go up and down. Um, I guess they're also saying the driver is always is to, starts off at uh, five feet eight inches without a helmet. So um, also anyone that's in VR is recommended not to touch or change anything. Uh -huh. Now uh, another thing that about this is there's a slider in the sim options now for the height adjustment as well as my infamous. Uh, what do you call it, view that I use, uh, the gyro view, where I run not locked to the horizon, and a lot of people do it the opposite. Well, now you can actually change those right in the sim options when you're in the sim. Uh, you'll see on the front page they have sliders from 0 to 100. Uh, I forget the name of them, 
But uh, right now, most people will have that 100%. And if you take those two and you turn them down to zero, you'll have the gyro view that I always run. So basically, they're taking all the stuff that people would do in behind on the, um, what do you call that file? The app uh, INI. App INI. And moving it to where everything's where more user-friendly, right? Yeah, that's actually something I recommended a long time ago to David Tucker on the forums. You know, why don't they make this uh, more user accessible so people know about it? Now that it's there, I hope people will try it. And that's what I tell all my listeners right now. Go in there and try it. Turn those two down. Do it halfway to begin with. Then go to 0%, you know, and try it again. And just see what you think and try it. It's the best for learning how a, a loose car feels. You can you, see the car underneath you, can, you move. Yeah. It, if you, you don't have anything that's moving yourself, it, it's it's nice to have it a reference of just a little bit of a hesitation of moving. You can you can kind of correct quicker then. Yeah, Greg, I was watching your uh, stream last night, and you run that view as well. I run that, plus I have my track IR, which kind of together, it kind of really helps out a lot with uh, trying to figure it out. But yeah, the... I found that that works the best, especially when you're on like, like especially now when you got to run the cars as loose as you can or have to with the uh, new package. It's good to know when it's starting to come out from underneath you. Okay. Next up, Mazda Hot Lap Challenge. Uh, Logan Clampett, a frequent guest on our uh, podcast here, uh, put up some Twitter pictures of uh, his time with Mazda at the racetrack. Uh, with uh, Joel Miller telling him uh, how to race. He has a race suit on. He's actually in a Mazda Cup race car uh, and doing laps on the track. Uh, he put up a video, and I was watching how fast he was getting through the corners, and uh, he was getting around the track pretty good. So congratulations to Logan. He does say uh, something to the effect of that was the best experience in his life. Uh, so uh, what a experience to get in a new, in a real race car. Yeah, my bucket list is to get to drive a Ferrari around either the Glen or Montreal. So don't don't they do like Ferraris in Vegas too? Like you can go on the Vegas track. They have a a teaching school at Vegas with Ferraris. Yeah, if you have the money, you can do anything you want to do. But uh, yeah, Logan won this as part of a contest, if you remember. All right, uh, next up, Jesse Chase Cabri wins at, in Memphis. Yeah, he uh, he's more known on the iRacing side for us, but uh, and on dirt, ironically enough, in the World of Outlaws series. But he's a K&N Pro winner at Memphis this past week. Looks like he uh, he can do it on the asphalt just as well and in real life. So it's good to see the transition paying off for him, going back and forth, real life iRacing. Yeah, we were just talking about him in the dirt championship. And here he is winning a NASCAR race. So uh, congratulations to Chase. Uh, happy to see him in victory lane. Uh, next up is your reservation, please, sir. Uh, there's been talk in the forum about hosted events with the main question, iRacing. Can we fix it so people can leave and then join the server without taking up spots? Uh, David, this was the concern you were having when you were hosting races because people would come in to these long practices and get tired of it and then leave and then other people can't come in because that takes up the spot yep we have had quite a few it's it's very annoying because you want to throw up a server and have a, a two-hour practice but yeah people will come in just to practice and don't want to do the race 
and you can't fill all the spots. We did um, when we did our special race over Memorial Day weekend, there was only about 23 drivers still around. But once you register for a race, you're registered for it. What if I need to shut off my computer and reboot? You know, I should be able to get back in that race because I'm still registered for it. Yeah, but there should be a time limit. Well, or I something. think what the, they need to do is when you hit that withdrawal button or you go into another cert, like, because you can go from, and especially in hosted, you can bounce from room to room. As soon as you withdraw, it, your, that spot should come back. Or if you start up a different session or something. Yeah, it should automatically, you know, your IP address or whatever your tag is, is moving around. It should only lock in one spot. You can't, because if somebody, say somebody could technically go into every one of those hosted rooms and steal a spot and not race any of them. Yep. Or have the admin be, have the ability to, to boot that spot or something, you know? So you don't, this isn't a problem in the normal NIS racing or any of the other series no, or hosted. the official because, because you lose something. If, you know, if you don't show up for the race and race it, you lose something. Maybe that might be something where um, they need to maybe make a penalty system. If you're not going to race it, don't go in it. Like if, if they can't figure out how to stop people from going in and out, maybe they need to have a penalty for, for doing it. Either that or allow you to ha maybe even allow you to have more people in practice than make the race. All right. Uh, David, uh, tell us how, remember the championship stagger. What's next up on the stagger list? Yeah, the 2009 Season 3 of the iRacing Rallycross Series is going to be used to determine the rest of the iRacing Rallycross World Championship roster. And um, the top 11 from the overall standings at the end of Season 3 will, will be invited, depending on past history, including contact while on the service. And then 2019 Season 4 will be the season for the Championship Series run. Okay, so the next 12 weeks, if you run Rallycross... You and you finish top eleven. You can be in the championship. Get it, guys. I don't know. Do you guys see in the post here a Matt Ever or Everhart? His image of it. I really like that image of the. Uh, that'd be a good logo to have as the logo for it, man. That looks really good. Yeah, he made a nice logo for the Rallycross series, uh, and it does look nice. I love it. I hope uh, iRacing uses it. In fact, Tyler Hudson posted right below that. I love that graphic, Matt. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Jesse, depressed Aussie spotter. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, in the uh, forums, there's a post, and people are bringing up the idea of what happened to this Aussie spotter. And uh, I noticed it before I actually saw the post after last night's NAS. Uh, my favorite one being when he calls out three wide and at Michigan. We're going to be three wide quite often, as you know. And he doesn't holler it out with any sort of emphasis anymore. He used to kind of yell at you and let you know, and now it's just, ah, there's two cars on the sides of you. And there's a lot of feedback in here joking about, well, with what you put him through in the iRacing world, you know, he's going to get tired of you junking out of races and, you know, giving him nothing to be excited about. Guy's joking about he needs a pay raise and stuff like that. He's going to retire. Kind of a funny post. <laughs> Speaking of uh, spotters, the Jimmy Johnson uh, Cuss pack was updated uh, to, I think, version 7, he calls it. And I did download and install that uh, last night, and it's working great. He added over 700 new sounds, he said. 
and there's all kinds of new calls, including uh, a final one lap till you're out of fuel. And apparently, uh, that's Chad Canal screaming, pit, 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 pit. So if you if you hear that, that means you better dip fucking pit. Yeah. Well, should that even be a spotter pack anymore? What's that? That really shouldn't even be a spotter pack anymore, should it? Well, they're using the old papyrus one anyways, the two, so yeah, that shouldn't exist anymore. Like, <laughs> Well, you got to build on what you already have. They, you they, already got thousands of sound samples, you know. Well, okay, it shouldn't be called the Jimmy Johnson spotter pack, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Should we call it the William Byron spotter but pack? He, or? But I was going to say, even a, you can't really call it a spotter pack because Chad Knauss isn't a spotter, right? Well, right. It's got Earl Barbon is the spotter. But it also had Chaz Canal saying certain things too. Yeah, so Chad will pop on telling guys in the garage to be ready with hacksaws and whatnot. Right. But he's always he's asking. He'll ask Earl. You know, what's a car look like on the track? It's pretty realistic. I gotta remember to download this one. It was a real easy install uh, as well, so I do recommend it. After you install it, you have to go into Sound Options and actually select it as the spotter pack. All right. Next up, the IR18 Dallara. Greg, what do we got? Woohoo, my favorite car. Um, so apparently there's a, a discussion with uh, Delara. The, the 18 Delara car is changing. IndyCar and Delara have come up with a solution for uh, um, a problem with the front wing that's causing heavy understeer in traffic. So they're trying to uh, minimize it with a new wicker and uh, a wing extension on the front. So what they were, uh, Eric Hudak was uh, pointing out in the forms was that all the old sets that you had will automatically still be the same set, but as soon as they put the wicker on it, it changes all, the, all of your settings in it. So it was suggesting that you export your, um, your sets. So you have all your information beforehand and then when the wickers added to it, you still have all your data. Um, and then you can go refer back to that with the wicker added to the front of the car. So, um, I don't know what this is going to do. Obviously I'm pretty prone to using the VRS stuff. So obviously they'll compensate for it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it is, uh, for racing on the speedways. What's awesome like about this is iRacing was able to make the changes mid-season to the car with these changes to the front wing. Yeah, it's. I think I think some of that had to do with just um, the way the Indy cars are, are performing on the speedways compared to what how good the racing's been on the on the road courses and the ovals have been a little bit. Um, I guess the, you know the Indy 500 wasn't totally exciting till the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. If if that was a NASCAR race, y'all would be screaming bloody murder on how much single file they did. So yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. So this messes up the setup. So they're saying keep track of the old one first. Take a picture of it or export it to HTML. There is an export button in the sim under setup. Uh, most people forget it's there. Uh, and then you can look at it as an HTML file uh, kind of thing. Okay, Will, uh, what else about IndyCar? So with this new build, we also got the uh, IndyCar Advanced Frontal Protection. That's the um, device used to help keep the drivers safe that they implemented, I believe, it's right like before the Indy 500. Yeah, um, there's some discussion about people wanting 
wanting it to be optional um, just because it does disrupt your view and it it's not the prettiest looking thing I have yet to drive the car and see it but I heard it's kind of like the antenna uh, on the F3 but on steroids but uh there was some discussion about making it optional the same way rock screens are optional on the dirt cars and they basically said no we're not making it optional if it's mandated by the series it's going to stay on the car um but then we also had a pretty good post later on from Alexander Horn um, saying, hey, yes, it, on a single monitor, it can be difficult to see around, but we can look forward to next year when windscreens are implemented. So it sounds like um, iRacing is going to be on top of those windscreens when they come out. So you won't have to deal with this uh, frontal device for too long. I was going to say, they got to be very, like, people, you know, you're wanting realism in this. I don't know why you would have an option. Like, if that's the way the car looks and you're looking at the windshield, that should be how it is, right? Like you shouldn't be, right. there shouldn't be options. On. What are you going to do when somebody, one of these teams offers um, up a new, one of the uh, F1 cars with the halo? You can't, I know in the, in the actual Codemaster game that you can take the center part of the halo out to have a better view, but I would, you know, that's got to be realistic where you're looking around the halo. Like, these things are coming for these uh, open-wheeled and open-cockpit cars. They're, all these safety devices are going to have to be implemented because they don't, you know, in the real life, they don't want anybody to, to have any more injuries or anything like that. And it was it was good on IndyCar to come up with the actual, um, a really nice-looking way of solving it. So. Yeah. Well, I I, my, my thing is, if it's optional for willpower, then it's optional for us. But if it's not optional for willpower, the actual IndyCar driver in IndyCar, then it's not optional for us either. I mean, it is a simulation, so it's as simple as that. All right, uh, final topic before hardware. Uh, you know sim racing has popped off when you see this. Uh, Matt, Matt Castle posted up on Facebook on Sim Racing Group uh, a picture of The Price is Right on CBS, and they had a prize of a uh, simulator. It's a GT Ultimate cockpit uh, with a wheel and pedals and race seat with, with belts and a big uh, screen, and uh, and that can be won on The Price is Right. Pretty cool. It's for the Xbox. For the Xbox, is that what it is? Oh, That's yeah, sitting there next to it. Yep. I wonder what the uh, winning bid was on that. Yeah, I did. I missed that, but I I used to watch Prices Right as a kid. That's uh, pretty cool. All right, next up is uh, hardware software brought to you by iPitting. iPitting makes it easy for you to keep track of your iRacing team's progress throughout the season with up to minute race results, point standings, and driver rankings for everyone in your team. iPitting.com. First up, uh. We're going to talk about Derek Spears Designs is the official U.S. distributor for SimuCube 2 products. Uh, we mentioned this briefly last week, and I wanted just to bring it up again because we didn't really uh, talk about it much. Uh, but they are taking pre-orders. I think yesterday or maybe today was the last day they're taking pre-orders for this current batch. Uh, but if you're interested, the website is DerekSpearDesigns.com. And the pricing for the sport is $1,200 U.S., shipping included. And uh, that's just the base. It doesn't include the wheel. And so the most expensive one is $2,700. And so I don't know uh, why you'd want that one, but 
So what do you guys think of this uh, other wheel uh, and then having a U.S. distributor? Uh, you think that'll help sales? I think, it, uh, I think it'll be good for sales. I think I think there's a lot of people who really trust Derek Spears. I mean, I've never gotten anything from him, but I've never heard anything bad, and he's been in this business for a long time, so I think it's a good uh, partnership there. Yep. Yeah, because this is really a European product, and so... This gives uh, you know a distributor here in the in the continental U.S. So pretty cool. Uh, we talked about the Jimmy Johnson one. We'll skip that. Uh, Greg, motion rig for dirt truck. So we've been uh, we were kind of looking at this on our messenger, but uh, Force Dynamic had posted a video of their one of their drivers or someone testing their new rig out with the new update from iRacing on the truck pro trucks and man does this uh motion rig drop you around and he's in vr and everything um it's a it's a if you're looking at it it's a it's a tri-post uh that sit behind you on the seat basically and, and then you're moving on a platform below spinning around as well um and it's got full movement in, you know, every direction. It is. This is, <laughs> it the is one of the. Yeah, I was gonna say it's one of the ultimate. And this is, this is where the motion rigs are made for right here. Like I don't even if you just even look at the rig here, it's got a nice, the shifter and everything where it sits. Like it's a really nice uh, setup here, and the way it's shaking the monitor and everything around like that is. I don't know. It's something you can dream to have, but probably a few can afford. Yeah, we don't even know the price for it, but uh, it, that's how expensive this would be. But this is the one that moves all different directions. And so when you're jumping that dirt truck, this thing is like totally moving you up and down and left and right and sideways and whatnot, everything. Most motion rigs that we've been talking about on this show do not do what this does. This is like full motion okay and so their website is uh force-dynamics.com you guys got to go there and check this out it is a freaking cool looking cockpit and everything moves the monitors the the cockpit the seat the pedals the everything is connected to the motion thing and the motion thing moves everything could you imagine being in vr and that thing spinning around as well like you're going to be disoriented big time yeah you have what they call roll pitch and yaw so it goes all three ways um and like you said you could spin like if you were in a spin you would it would spin you around in a circle but they don't even have a price on the website you have to contact them it looks like they're based out of new york um <laughs> when you have to contact them you know you have to have a lot of zeros behind it right uh okay let's keep moving uh, David, the full sprint car sim rig at Extreme Thunder Park Raceway in Australia. So this one doesn't spin all the way around, <laughs> but it does look pretty cool. Uh, we've got a a motion rig that is basically got a sprint car frame built around it, or it's built into a, a sprint car body, um, and it's it's got quite a few uh, directions of motion on it as well. It looks like it comes on wheels, so it's easy to transport if you need to move it in and out of a, of a location. Um, but it's uh, another 
sim full motion rig that happens to have a, a racing body with wings on top of it as well. They could have lost crazy. They lost an opportunity. They could have they should have put wheels on the car so it just looked like an actual it kind yeah, of just looks no weird without it. it. But it's a full body, full size sprint car, but no wheels. It's got the big wing on the top too and everything. And he's sitting in it wearing VR. Yeah, that's the only thing that it, you know that I, I think about. I guess it's it's almost more attractive, I guess, to the other people watching because once you got the VR on, it doesn't really matter. You don't even realize that you're sitting in it, right? Because you can't see it. <laughs> but it is at a racetrack called the Extreme Thunder Park Raceway, so maybe it's like something for their uh, guest or something. Uh, pretty cool. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Greg, uh, Will, it's getting hot in here. Yeah, so it looks like uh, Corsair released some um, custom water cooling um, equipment this week. I don't know the best word to describe it. It's uh, If you're building a PC and you want custom water cooling, RGB effects, Corsair's kind of got you covered with the Hydro X series. Um, they have water blocks for CPUs, reservoir tanks, radiators. They have their own specialized coolant, which you get multiple different colors um yeah it's a really nice looking um water cooling system corsair i know i trust their products and looks really nice it does I, i'm very impressed by the presentation of their products uh with the different colors and the clear tubes and and all that and i was kind of chicken to build a water cooled computer and i did air cooled but uh maybe i'd reconsider with these new products i don't know yeah, that's Corsair.com, so check that out if you're getting ready to build. Uh, all right, SimTech Racing Pedals. I got this one. Uh, this is another hydraulic sim pedal set, 675 euros. The website is simtechracing.co.uk, so based out of the UK. Uh, they're all metal. Um they got like holes all drilled through the metal to make it kind of lightweight looking. Uh, they're floor based. They can be mounted down uh, and hydraulic on the brake. Uh, three pedal set. What do you guys think? It looks pretty good. I, I'm wondering if you might need a pair now or a set now. Yeah, I broke uh, my hydraulic pedals in a race earlier today. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, no, I fixed it rather quickly. Uh, main performance PC who I got them from uh, sent me some extra rubbers and uh, there's these little rubber grommets that are kind of like uh, uh, I don't know what they're used for for some kind of tension or something but uh, one of them cracked and actually broke when I went to pit I hit the brake and uh, the brake went to the floor because the little thing cracked and fell off and so no I did have a replacement so I was able to fix it but now, uh, everybody, this be a lesson to you. Always have spare rubbers. There you go. Uh, yeah, if I didn't have a spare rubber, I would not be racing tonight. I mean, the pedal is completely broken. <laughs> the joke credit for that needs to go to Mason, who's not here with us. All right. Uh, but I'm these here. pedals... Uh, oh, see, he is here. He's sneaky. I mean, I like these pedals, and I don't think I've heard of these before. I mean, the, just looking at them, and the, the price is not too bad for hydraulic. Mason, any input on these? I think you found this. Um, yeah, they. you have to buy the base plate if you're going to mount them to anything. Um, so that's an extra 
a little bit there. Um, but they seem extremely customizable, and um, they look they look pretty solid. Like you're not, I don't think you'd break the actual pedal part. You might break some of the parts in there if you push so hard. But I think they they look solid. Yeah, definitely. Check those guys out. All right, Greg, Wind Simulator. Uh, should we talk about this after you're talking about the rubbers? Everybody can get blown here. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, anyways, so a company named uh, Motion House Wind Simulator, I guess is what the title of it is, um, has their own fan um, for simulating the actual movement of air past you while you're racing, I guess. This would really come in handy with uh, the open wheel cars, but uh, for uh, looks like $320 plus shipping, um, I guess they offer the uh, uh, the whole package, the the software for free, but they they get the fans for uh, that price. But it looks kind of like an interesting. I mean, obviously it would keep you cool, but um, I don't know what it would feel like as your what the actual movement of going faster and slower how it would feel what do you guys think of that something like this it's kind of cool i mean i think i would like to have something like that i mean i need a fan blowing on me anyway so i think that'd get super annoying what about noise that's the thing you know how much noise does it make i was gonna say it probably wouldn't be good for people who stream that you have you know something a mic that's picking like i'm guessing a mic like uh david used might pick it up I don't know. Let's keep moving. David, Rift S, fuzzy white screen flash. It's a thing. It's been happening to, to me. It's just a real quick flash. It looks like somebody's trying to do that subliminal message thing to try to trick you. Uh, if you browse down the po post that's listed here, it's happening on other games too, not just iRacing. So it's an Oculus Rift issue. Um, hopefully they'll adjust it at some point. It doesn't really bother me. It may bother some others, but you notice it, but it's so quick that that you. Uh, oh my God, it's so quick that that um, you don't really notice. There was like uh, seven, eight people who posted up about it on the forum. So uh, there's other people that have seen it. All right, Will uh, Blue Keep exploit exploit. Yeah, so this one's going to be a little above my knowledge level, but I could definitely read what it says here. Um, Microsoft has issued a secondary advisory this month urging users to update their systems to prevent a rerun of attacks similar to WannaCry. Microsoft said only Windows and Windows 10s. Um, they're not the only ones vulnerable. Uh, the bug's so dangerous that Microsoft actually took a rare step and issued patches to its outdated software, including uh, Windows XP. So... Um, definitely want to kind of get those updates in if you know it's bad if Windows is updating old product. Yeah, this is a bad, bad exploit, guys. You, If you're not updating Windows, you need to be updating Windows at least this time. So get it done. There's no excuse not to. All right, okay. let's get it. Yeah, go no, ahead. Go, go ahead. You don't want to, go ahead. All right, well, I'm going on to the next section. We're going to talk results next. Uh, let's talk uh, the rest of Pocono at the NASCAR iRacing Series. Tony Rochette got P23. He said he got arrow pushed and spun. Almost had to had it saved, and a car tagged me, and chaos ensued. He ended up parking it. Uh, I got a P22. Uh, <clears throat> racing for the lead and barely clipped the apron, and I had 10 minutes damage after hitting the inside wall. 
Uh, Jesse, you were right there with me, and you got P2. Tell me about how we uh, got there. Yeah, you know, I, I like the problems we have with uh, running up front, 1-2 or 1-2-3, but uh, we have, until today, had no success getting it done with 10-15 to go. But, uh, yeah, that one hurt to watch, Mike. I was following you, and we were probably going to have to uh, pair up and arrow, do some arrow work on a straightaway to get around him, but I thought we had it covered, and, yeah, like you say, you caught that left rear on the apron, and I, I hated watching that. And I uh, tried to get it done for us, and guy got in the wall. The leader had tagged the wall, and I didn't follow him into the wall, but I uh, didn't get under him on exit and got some front-end damage, and I had to limp and hold on to second, and he got it done. But P2, that's a good run. Uh, yeah, I felt pretty bad because I just barely clipped it. I mean, it was just an inch of it, and uh, that's all it takes, and it upsets the car. And the way this package is, uh, if you lose momentum, you're just toast. Uh, Greg, you ran, you got P11. Yeah, I took, uh, I think if I remember correctly, I took damage to the nose early and I just didn't have any speed on the straightaways. So it kind of, kind of just, uh, killed it. But, uh, I wish I could have, that would have been the night to capitalize on it because, uh, I was in a good, good split and everything there. It just didn't work out. All right. Uh, Saturday fix, Tony Rochette, P15. Did not have one green flag run until uh, until lap 20-ish on three or four caution. The leader blew up, uh, restarted in uh, turn one, destroyed the top ten, uh, missed it. Uh, car slid in front and killed the front, limped to the lead lap uh, finish. Not a fan of the package. Greg, you got P3. Yeah, that was... Uh, Sunday Open. I, I really wish that Sunday Open race would have had a green-white checkers now that they had because... Uh, I, all the guys near the end there were wrecking each other that were, they were trying to take the lead. And every time they would get a wreck with, uh, I think we had four, four cautions in the last like 20 laps and we just couldn't, couldn't get anything longer than two corners. And if we could have maybe run an extra couple laps there, I, I probably would have had them. All right. And uh, Sunday Open, David Hall, you got P14, wrecked in a 30-to-go restart. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember any details uh, other than it was a late restart and it was hairy and somebody ran me over or, or, or I got punted. I also got a P7 on the Friday Pocono, just in case you, uh, since you kind of skipped me there. Oh, I missed that one. All right. <laughs> well, that's a top 10, so good job. All right. Uh Sunday fixed, uh, P11 I got. Uh, I actually sped on pit road, and I had to go to the back. And uh, ran mid-pack pretty much most of the race. Uh, gained a few more spots near the end, uh, so it ended up being a good run. I was happy with 11th. Uh, it wasn't the best week for me. Uh, the NASCAR race was pretty horrible at Pocono, and this racing was kind of the same, where it was interesting on restarts, but after everyone got lined up, there wasn't a lot of passing going on. What did you guys think about the racing at Pocono? The hardest part with Pocono was the the middle lane and up choked you off the corner. If you couldn't get up into the wall when you're trying to pass somebody or beat them through the center, you were you were gonna you were gonna not get off the corner good, and then you're probably gonna get eaten up by the guy behind that guy pushing him down the straightaway. So. It, there, there wasn't a great 
it's not a great combination with that car. You need the extra speed, and I just wish that those car that track would have the extra horsepower. There's a lot of slingshots too. You get by somebody, and and but because you had to commit to coming off so much lower, if you did get by, you were slow on the next straight, and they would turn around and come right back by you. Yeah, the, if you just most people just stayed on the outside, really, right, and just stayed in line. The one thing that is really starting to get aggravating with this package is once they you do get spread out and say you're like four or five seconds back and you run somebody down and then you do exactly what David just said is you pass them, you get you get loose or you get off the corner, not as good, and they try and pass you back. It's like just concede the position if it's early in the race. Like it, it doesn't mean anything. If, if you, you check up just a little bit, just check up. Yeah, people think they get a run, they have to take it, you know. That and then also on top of that, exactly like Greg just said, to end that, you do that, you got a deal where maybe you you guys stay single file, you're going to chase down the next lead pack, and if he's constantly on your left rear and you guys are battling door to door, neither one of you are making progress. And here's another thing for anybody that's trying to learn this package. Get behind somebody and follow them that is faster than you. You will learn something. If your car's not good in a corner and you go behind somebody and you understand that they're where, where they're getting beating you, then you know where to improve your setup. Don't just, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, ask for setups and stuff like that. You want to learn how to, the best, David's done this a lot where he likes to race one of the races, the early A races in the week, and he learns data on what the car needs. That's what you need to do is when, if somebody's faster than you, follow them. That's the quickest way to learning where your problems are. All right, there you go. All right, let's talk Michigan. And uh, we got green, white, checker because of the new build. And so Tony Rochette, he said he ran Wednesday fixed, got a P4. He said Wreckfest, stayed in the top 10, uh, had his first green, white, checker attempt, P4. Wednesday open. Mason, tell us what happened. Well... I'd rather not, but I will. It was a it was a good race. We started in the pits. Um, David, Jesse, and I all came up to the field there. Um, we missed the first couple wrecks, and we worked our way up. Um, There's I was leading with uh, Dick Kosh came out with five to go, which triggered our green white checkered, our first one that I've experienced. Um, and I had decision because we had about ten laps on our tires. Do we pit or stay out? Well. I made the wrong one, which was pitting, and I got put back to 15th, 16th, and we could not get the dang race started again. So I got caught up in one of the junks. We couldn't even get to the start-finish line without people wrecking and destroying each other. And then on the very last uh, green-white checkered, uh, we, we got the caution. We were coming to take the checkered flag, and someone spins first place, so we all get black flags. Oh, wow. So, so should have been a win. Should have been a win. So bad pit call. You pitted on a green white checker thinking this is NASCAR, right? Yeah, I thought we were going to be able to run it out. And I thought people were going to follow, but cuz I was concerned about having 10 laps on our tires. You know, on the old package, I might think that would be the case, you know, uh, if this was 2018, uh, you probably would have made the right call. Uh, with this package, maybe not. I don't know. It, that is something different. All right, uh, David, tell us about your wreck. Uh... Well, I was really where I was I, because um, 
I screwed up on a caution. I I was changing the tape and asking Mason how much to set the tape and making adjustments. And I had my black box so far down that it was basically as if I was texting and, and driving and I suddenly hear a collision and I drove right into the side of the car in front of me. Um, didn't hurt him as bad as it hurt me. It was the three seconds. It was three minutes of damage and it, it put me, it took me a while to get it fixed, but there were so many cautions afterwards that I was actually climbing back up and it was about P15 when that black flag shenanigan happened. And um, plenty of us let, let that guy know we were not happy with him for, for him <laughs> causing that. He spun the leader r- right before the, co- the, the, literally right before the, the checkered or the um, finish line. And so everybody's kind of like, you got to either go, you know, or call somebody else to get a flag. You know, we didn't know what was going on. And he said, well, um, that was my teammate and it was just trying to have some fun, but it's definitely no fun when you, when you screw everybody else over that much. Um, so he definitely heard about it. All right, Greg, you ended up P24. Uh, sorry, what race I'm lost here. Sorry. This is Wednesday open. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, that was a good car. And just got caught up in someone else's mess. And then was able to race it back with the damaged front end all the way up into the top 10 with about 10 to go. And we got into the green-white, actually with the end of the green-white checkers. And uh, teammate didn't go on the restart. And I passed below him because I had nowhere to go and got black flagged and ended up back where I was. Sorry about that. All right. I guess that don't matter. All right, Jesse, P14. Yeah, I ran that with Mason and Hall, and I uh, I got some weird, very minimal, I thought, damage, like 10, 15 laps in, barely clipped a guy, and I just was fighting heating issues. The car handling-wise was fine, but uh, I lost uh, about 20 RPM, and track like this, you need all the motor you can get, and it just showed. I could I could hang with them and use the draft to stay in line as long as I could keep it cooled off, but I couldn't if I try to step out and pass somebody I didn't have anything to get around anybody so I just had to stay with the draft and hope for the best. Then it ended the green white checkered at the end of it like Mason had mentioned was just a complete mess. So it wasn't it wasn't as fun as it was today. All right. Uh Will, you got a P20, but you were happy with that run. Yeah, I wasn't happy with the result, but only the run. Um Mason had that car. I mean, it was just hauling ass. Um it was wow. It was like they covered that thing with grease. It was so quick, man. I uh, started from the pits. I think we all did. I ended up getting a lap down because uh, one of my own mistakes um, with pit roads and not knowing the rules good enough. And uh, eventually got that back. And with about 60 to go, I just started getting real racy there and uh, went from really the back of the lead lap pack all the way up to seventh and in one run. Like it was just. I had to really get on the like went off the gas and ride the brakes at certain points because I would get runs and had a wall of cars blocking me. But once I got once I got up there, played a little strategy, took two tires. Um, from that point, I was able to actually get to the lead, led my first ever lap in IS. So it felt really good, and uh, it's just one of those things that you you could be faster than somebody and get just barely get past them, but then they'd have the draft to get back to you and. I was kind of trying to position myself and figure it out, and we were coming. I think it was, I think it was less than 15 to go. I got stuck up on the high side. I'm thinking, okay, I need to kind of want to fall back a little bit here. These guys are getting a little too crazy, and to try to figure out where I'm going to get my run. And was on the high side uh, in third place, coming out of four, and first and second were just being dummies trying to side draft. And one kind of pushed a little bit, and 
the car in the middle just shot up to the wall and I had nowhere to go. Um, junk the car told me I had five minutes of damage repairs. As soon as I saw that, I said, forget this. I'm going to see what I could get. And uh, unfortunately, we had that late restart. I did not go. Greg got uh, black flags. So that, was, that was all my fault. I uh, I literally dropped the clutch and it went nowhere. And he came up on me so fast. I just got out of the way in the mirror, not thinking about any penalties and kind of messed his race up. But it ended up P20. It uh, hands down the fastest, funnest uh car i've ever had the uh cars are really no fun to drive but a, a lot of fun to race if just uh people keep them off each other <laughs> yeah well good uh, you got to lead some laps for the first time that's a start uh winning is next uh all right let's talk today's race thursday open guess what i won a p1 my first win in nis this year my 60th career win uh it was a great run uh Ran with uh, David and Jesse, and all of us were running really well. Top 10, top 5, and I just got that track position at the end, and we were working together really well. Um, at one point, uh, Jesse, I was behind you, and I said, hey, I got to run, and you let me, you moved over and let me by, and I, I think that was actually, after that point, I actually was moving forward only, right up to the lead, uh, but... Uh, what a great win. Uh, the confidence is back, guys. I can't believe I got that uh, done at Michigan. I would have never won Michigan in the old package. Never in a million years. Uh, but I did here somehow, some way. And it's all about uh, teamwork, too, I think. Uh, Jesse, tell us about what you thought about that run. You ended up P4. Yeah, it, uh, it was just as much fun as we had in Kansas, but we got the result this time. Uh, and yeah, you were, you were coming and it was the same, exactly like we were saying earlier about the package. If I, I mean, I could have stayed up there and you, you know, you'd have lost the run, who knows what would have happened. But at the same time, it's one of those deals where you got that run. And I think you picked up another, that was down the front stretch, I believe. And you picked up another spot going into one. So, I mean, you just, you had a head of steam on you and it, it's by far, I think will nailed it on the head that it is not a fun car to run. I don't like this package at all, but when you get a group that'll run it, and I think we had probably, in my opinion, the cleanest NIS race I've had all season, as far as cautions and rec best goes, we had 20 lap segments over and over again. And it, it was, it was a blast. I, uh, I, I'm just glad we all got in the top five there. It, blast. Long story short. It was uh, fun, I thought. Um, it was a good race. Like you said, 20-lap segments uh, pretty much, and that played into my favor, I think. I think if we would have had a long run, I would have failed a little bit more. Uh, I also want to point out I worked with Tanner Thos, uh there at the end. Uh, he was helping me. Uh, he's a listener, actually, uh, and uh, nice running with Tanner and working with him as well at the end there. But, uh, man, I was nervous. I was shaking. My heart was racing. Jesse, you were uh, calming me down and telling me what I should, needed to hear. And, and then being able to call the start and say, okay, three, two, one, go. So David and Jesse know exactly what I'm doing. And we worked together, the three of us. And we were dominated in that top five. That was just awesome. Yeah, I don't think you would have any problems in the long run. We were doing good. I was watching David stream. How's was going? Yeah, and the set, Mason, you put together uh, top-notch. I, I can't I, – I, there was nothing to complain about about the set. It was great. Uh, 
David P five, uh, you started in the back, uh, and and you were right there with us, but couldn't get much farther up. Yeah, I I, I didn't qual. I failed to qualify. I spun out on the second lap, so I didn't fail to qualify. But I was like 14th, and I didn't want to start in that area, so I started from the pits. We got a caution, and then um, I had an issue where I guess some for some reason crew chief thought I told him I don't want tires. Or no, that I didn't want fuel when we when we made the pit stop. So it's coming up, and I'm I my crew chief is saying you're almost out of fuel, and everybody else is like, no, we got 20 laps, and I'm like, no, I'm almost out of fuel. So I was literally getting ready to do a green flag stop, and a caution comes out. So uh, you had a problem with your tires too. Um. Yeah, you didn't get tires the next stop. Yeah, on the next stop. I didn't get tires and ended up, or one of the stops later, I didn't ended up not having tires and basically had to run a late run um, on old tires. I started from the front and just I, I didn't fight anybody, but just tried to do my best to stay in in that lead pack and fell all the way to eighth, uh, expecting that that's probably where I was going to end up. But we had some late cautions and I was able to to cap capitalize from that and pull off the p5 i was involved in three of the costumes this time and i, I like to pride myself in trying to be a, a a clean driver but i looked at one and a car just the first one he squeezed me he just tried to squeeze me all the way down to the yellow line and you don't run the inside lane at michigan everybody knows that the second lane is the inside line uh, the second one the guy says that i kind of that i came up and it kind of scared him and he turned into the wall and all I did was turn really I turned later than he did um, and maybe I slid up a little just trying to get an entry but I had made a clean pass on him the third one I I had a run kind of going up the middle and the car squeezed me when I wasn't expecting him to and I kind of I was going to try to back up of it but it happened so quick and so late that I actually bounced off of a car on the outside into the car on the inside and he was pretty upset with me, but he—I he, hope he knows it wasn't intentional. And I wish it was a mistake, an accident, but I—I I wasn't trying to be over aggressive there. I just—it was a clean run. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, Road to Pro. Uh, Chris got Chris Scales got P seven. Uh, we got official Lamar. Uh, you got a P three, David, uh, for season two. Uh, Lamar Enduro. Mark and uh, David tied for P three for season two. Good job. And yeah, it's basically actually second place. Um, but the way it works is if you tie, you get third. I mean, and we both every race that counted were the were the ones that we ran in. All of the ones that Greg ran with us didn't end up counting. Okay, Greg, you ran Indy at Detroit. P7. I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, David. Anyways, uh, yeah, enjoying the uh, Indy series. I uh, P7 at Detroit. That is probably one of the toughest races i've ever raced that track and that car combo is just nuts all right league uh mason you did podium esports monday night madness p8 at daytona yeah they did two races in one night you qualify for the first race and then they invert the finishing order of the first race for the second one daytona i caused the first wreck that destroyed a lot of people <laughs> whoops then, Talladega, I was restarting third, and the guy in front of me spun his tires at Talladega with the new package. I don't know how it happens, but it does, so I finished in the back. But it's every Monday in June. Um, there's still spots open, so if anybody wants to come on and get wrecked, we'll be there. Okay, Northwest Racing Series, Jesse, P8. 
Yeah, we did some road racing at Mid-Ohio this week, and back to the fuel issue that David had brought to my attention, um, our leader, <clears throat> dominator of the series as well, uh, had a 25-second lead. Last pit stop, he didn't get fuel and finished second due to it. So I don't know if there's a glitch going on or what, but I guess everybody should probably double-check their fuel before they come in every time, I guess is the best way to do it. But it was a quiet race. Uh, I didn't see about three cars after two laps into the race other than when we were pitting. Um, but it was it was a good race. All right. Final thoughts. David Hall. I'm going to throw out a question for some for some technical help because uh, my research and even working with one of the guys who's posted on the forums is not working. I'm trying to get this Project Lasso software working where it will actually let me have uh, the iRacing client only run on non-hyper-threaded cpus and it's just not letting me do it it keeps it it, the, it just won't give the permissions so if there's somebody who knows uh how to make that work contact us through any of our social media routes please process lasso is what it's called yeah check that out we're trying to learn about it and see if it can help us with our performance good uh call david greg hectus final thought i uh, just wanted to you know, after last weekend, I had a lot of good response with people watching on Twitch and uh, my Facebook Live for all the streaming four races that we did. And, um, we didn't talk about Le Mans because uh, we didn't finish Le Mans. We didn't even get to, what, hour four, David? Did we get there? No. We didn't get to hour three, really. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, you know. It was it was a good week uh, for other racing besides Le Mans streaming for me. So thanks for everybody that uh, watches. Uh, you can still watch me at uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's. Um, I also want to say thanks to uh, Scott. Uh, I think it's Rupp. Uh, he's been he supplied me with that uh, spotter VS uh, versus that he's uh, created. Um, and I've been testing. Lights. I've been testing it out the last. Uh, um, couple days here. It's actually come in real handy at the Michigan this week because uh, as soon as the light from the one thing that I'm really liking about it is usually when you're listening for the spotter, um, you, you you listen to it say the whole thing out saying clear or whatever it says. Whereas as soon as I see the light go out, I know I can move. Like I know that there's no nothing there, and it's it's actually been working out pretty well. It, it was. Testing in the in the practice servers and everything, um, so as soon as my light, as the spotter light goes out, I know I can move up and get in front or whatever. So it's actually really helping out as a visual reference. All right, check that out, uh, Jesse Gray. Final thought. Yeah, I got a message last night, and I'm going to butcher the last name, but Richard Gortatowski uh, sent me a message in the iRacing. Uh, he's a listener weekly fairly new listener so i just wanted to say thanks for being a listener and thanks for the message and kind words about the podcast and congrats to mike on the win let's keep him going yes uh, you're next um and i appreciate your help jesse uh, helping me get that win i couldn't do it without my team uh and mason setup uh, good job mason what's your final thought well i don't know if you guys talked about it i don't think so 
Um, I had some issues on our hosted practice race um, with my pit crew uh, the, on our Tafosi Racing Facebook page. I put up a video of my pit crew falling under the concrete and then my left front tire being on top of my hood. Um, so check that out if you want some laughs and, and uh, hopefully they get that fixed. Yeah, he's down waist deep into the concrete, it looked like. And that was after two quick repairs. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, Will Gibson, final thought. I'm just happy to have a good race. It didn't end the way I liked, but uh, thank you, Mason, for the setup. I try to give as much feedback as I could, and hopefully that helped a little bit. But really good race, uh, very fun. It's um, just glad to be back, and uh, hopefully I um, don't reek too many cars this week like Greg. All right. Uh, what thanks, the Will. hell? <laughs> All right, Greg. My final thought is... Uh, Hey, uh, wow, I won. I can't believe it. The first time this year, I, I feel like my confidence has been down. I'm kind of doing crappy in the points. I've had a really tough year. And for me to win at Michigan and just get that behind me and, uh, you know, after having a good run at Kansas and whatnot and, and all these near misses, finally to bring it home and uh, get it done and NIS, man, I'm happy. I was uh, stoked for that win. And so... What a feeling. This is why we race, is to win. And uh, I don't get to win very often, but when I do, it is a pleasure. And I do love it. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.